ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Uh, I'm Janice Porter, your host, and my guest today is Jim Padilla. Um, Jim is a master of sales, and before I introduce him, um, I want to, or before I bring him on, I want to introduce him and let you know a little bit about him and why he's so qualified to talk about sales. Jim is the founder of Gain the Edge, which is known, in, and he is known in the personal development and business coaching world as the go-to guy for everything sales. With their army of heart-centered sales rock stars, Jim and his wife, Cindy, partner with top industry leaders to help exponentially increase their online launch and back of room revenue. Jim has created a strategic sales system and a sales force to be reckoned with. His team averages over 25,000 sales conversations per year in a variety of different formats. Gain the Edge is a secret weapon of choice for many industry experts, anchoring over a million dollars in sales for many top producers. And I know some of these names, Josh Turner, Justin Livingston, Lisa Sasevich, and Bill Barron. Jim is a master collaborator whose purpose is to help entrepreneurs leverage the power of collaboration to scale their businesses so they can impact the world the way they intended. And Jim is known for this amazing quote that I love, which he instills into his sales team. It's not what you say, it's who you are being when you say it. And I think that's a perfect place to start. So welcome, Jim, to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me here, Janice. Very excited. I um, want to be able to see and you know, what value we can bring to your to your audience today. Thank you so much. And let's start there because that just, it, you know, I, I'm all about relationships and I'm getting to know you a little bit as we started our relationship. And I found that quote really on one of your websites and spoke to you about it. And it kind of is the epitome of, of relationships and sales. It's not what you say, it's who you are being when you say it. So talk to me about that. Yeah, you know, it's it's something that ironically is just something that I have shared. It came up like as a soundbite initially and it's like on, it's on a signature on our emails, it's everywhere. Yes. Um, and it's, it's something, it was more, it actually has turned out to become a bit of a mission statement. Cause at first I thought, well, that's what I want people to really understand. You know, people don't buy your words. They buy who you are. People buy you before they buy what you're selling and doing. And more than anything, you know, you can move and inspire and change and challenge people with your presence. Sometimes you don't even have to use words, right? And if you have the words that are perfect, but you're being the wrong person, then those words become not believable. They become just ordinary and they fall flat. And a lot of times people won't know it. They won't even be able to identify it. They won't say, well, you know, you're not being the thing you're saying, so I'm not going to buy from you. They just go, I can't quite put a finger on it, but there's something about him. I'm just not sure. Right. Because it comes up, you know, my friend Susie Carter says it perfect. I love her saying she, she says, your tongue in your mouth is doing this and the tongue in your shoes is doing this. Right. So one's going one way, one's going the other way. And it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell when someone's not authentic and they're not being um, 
sincere with what they they're saying and doing it's so true and it's funny because um i had a call from a, a gentleman this morning who i've spoken to before and he needed he wants some linkedin training but he wasn't ready to go there yet and he said i've got this video i want to put on my website because people will get a better idea on my website on my linkedin profile because people will get a better idea of um what this project is all about and i said to him you know that's great but until they get that first impression that speaks to them they're not even going to go down to see the video yeah right exactly. and it's the same principle really it's about who are you and what are you projecting when you speak yes. to people right so let's go back a little bit because i know from a little the little bits that i've listened to in different people interviewing you and you interviewing people that you have quite a story and um when you started doing what you're doing you were kind of in the background helping other people right it's not yeah. that long ago that you came to shine on the stage so talk to me about that yeah well first of all um you know i i my my, my upbringing was very very informative of this whole process and um you know i i was born to teenage parents you know my mom was 16 my dad was 17. they met in an orphanage in the bronx in the 60s and they had neither one of them had any quality parental upbringing they're trying to figure it out on their own they both obviously screwed up and had a kid in, in teenage land my dad took off immediately and my mom responded to a very challenging environment with primarily anger and rage and what that meant was you know, I, I grew up in a rough spot. There was no sure. God, no love in our home. And I got abused and beat with whatever was in mind. My, you know, my mom did the best she could with what she had, but she just was not prepared. And, and you were in survival mode all the time. All, all the time, you know, and I ended up in foster care at 13, in the streets at 16 and in jail at 19. And so I, I basically spent my whole first 20 years of my life just learning how to read the room just to mm. be able to survive. My, my number one mission every single day was to make sure that I showed up as a valued add to whoever I was around. So I had to figure out what do they need? What leaning, what direction are they leaning? And how do I lean that direction so that they don't see me as a threat? Cause that was my only survival mechanism. And little you did were I know yourself way back then, hundred percent. But the biggest thing was if I didn't make the sale, there was a lot more on the hook than whether somebody bought something, right. It was life and death many times. And so, you know, little did I know that 20 years later, I'd be making millions of dollars teaching other people how to show up in a way that you are in alignment, read the room, bend people's influence to your direction in a way that you show up as an asset to them, not trying to prove something or sell them something or convince them of something, simply presenting yourself as someone of value to them. Wow. Wow. So how did you get from the 20 year old you to this? Well, yeah, gosh, so many journeys, so many stories uh, of, of several businesses that I that built and crashed and burned and learned a lot of stuff in, um, you know, a couple of marriages and divorces, a couple of bankruptcies. I mean, I literally was the poster child of the school of hard knocks and the school of learning everything the hard way. I never figured anything out the easy way. I figured it out by screwing it up and breaking it first. Um, and so, but what it did for me was a, a lot of things It demonstrated, it showed me that you're not destruct, you know, you're almost indestructible, right? And as long as, as long as you're still on the right side of the grass, when you wake up in the morning, then God's still got a plan for you. And so, you know, I made a history of, of not wallowing in my pity. And I don't know what happened. I don't know how this came upon me. Cause I didn't like 
nobody told it to me and I didn't, I can't formally recall it, but I've never took the perspective while I, yes, had an absolutely traumatic upbringing and it could have all the excuses in the world for not doing well. I never thought that was the right way to go because I always knew that all these mistakes were my doing. They weren't because I was abused. They weren't because I was in gangs. They weren't because I was in foster care. None of that. It's because I made bad choices. So I had to learn how do you make good choices and how do you put yourself in position to to serve people well and then figure out what solutions are necessary for you to be able to deliver what's necessary to them so i've always been one who's just always looking for what's the opportunity what's the partner who was you know how how can this outcome be achieved and if i messed up yesterday great that was yesterday it's got nothing to do with today you know and i, and I get too many people i'm always puzzled when people go too far into history they want to know about your, you know how research your childhood to figure out where you came who are you today and like I don't know. I just I think it's a place where we get trapped too much. You know, I'm not a proponent of, you know, your past doesn't predict your future, but your right. present absolutely will predict your future if you don't handle it right. So I don't have time in the present to worry about what happened yesterday. Right. Right. Did you did you find somewhere along the way a mentor? Did somebody take you under their wing? I did. Uh, I didn't. Here was my problem. It took me years. I, I was on my own, you know, uh, my 18th birthday, uh, I, I was living on the streets and um, as, as a teenager, I was living with some in, in a drug den, basically it was 11 kids living, only two of us still in school, um, horrible place to be, but I was trying to just survive. And I was still trying to pursue a baseball scholarship and for college. Um, and it was my 18th birthday. So uh, February of my senior year in high school. And I was like, okay, I got to get out of this place because I got to be able to focus and see if I can graduate and get into school. So I went to wow. my mom's house How as a goal. It was, it was, it was just, I was going crazy otherwise. And so I went to my, my mom's house and I, I honestly, I was very surprised because I thought, you know, it's my mom, right? She's going to take you back in. And I, I said, Hey, I'm going to graduate in four months. I just need a couch. I need a place to stay so I can focus and I'll be gone the day after graduation. And, you know, it was raining. I was standing on the porch. She looked me in the eyes and said, you made this bed, you got to sleep in it. And she shut the door. Oh my gosh. And I was like, you know, I, I remember wearing my Yankees hat backwards and I was standing in that spot. I turned my hat around after it was felt like, felt like I stood in that doorway for hours, but mm -hmm. turned my hat around and said, okay, um, if it's going to happen, it's going to be up to me. Mm -hmm. And so from that way forward, that's when I went on this path of making all these mistakes. Cause I, in my mind, if your own mother couldn't help you, why would anybody else? So it didn't even dawn on me that you could ask for help. Right. It's not till I was 25 and I got, you know, I went to an Amway convention of all things when I saw wow. Tony Robbins speaking and then back before he was Tony Robbins, he was just sure. a big, with a big head and a big mouth, you know, and, <laughs> um, uh, but he, he was like, I was like, he was the guy showing me, he's like, you are in charge of what happens to you. You are in charge of how you move forward through it. And I was like, I need to learn from, you know, that was my first exposure to real first mentorship. And yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, that's awesome. I hear you. So now, um, or so eventually you get to the point where you are now sales is it and you're helping other people yeah. from behind. You're not in the spotlights, kind of like the, the songwriter who becomes the singer eventually. Right, right. Okay. You know, it's interesting because I was, I think I, I spent years, 
I had an alarm company. We used to go, you know, tech door team, canvassing teams out door to door neighborhoods, offices in three cities. Um, then I was in mortgage and building, you know, loan officer shops and going. And I was always good at putting teams together and always look at it leveraging. So it was like I could make I can make sales by myself or I could put a whole team in place and we can make a lot of sales, right? And but but I it was and I did a lot of sales training, but I was I wasn't anything spectacular. I don't think I was just another average sales trainer. And I, I came across, you know, we we come across the opportunity with a gentleman named Bill Barron, who's you know one of the smartest uh, entrepreneurs I've ever met. Uh, and he was on his way to doing his first seven figure launch. He was intentionally I want to do a million dollar launch. And he had a great team with a lot of expertise, but none of them was focused on sales and nobody had a core role of making sales. And instead of bringing us in to train people, he said, hey, how about you guys do the sales for our launch? I was like, sure. I had never done a launch. I didn't even really know what a launch was. We didn't have a team. We didn't have technology, software, just me and my wife. And of course, we said, yes, we jumped in, recruited a bunch of people, said, hey, let's go make some sales for a few weeks. You know, three weeks later, we made, you know, $1.6 million, wildly successful, ridiculous train train wreck of a launch because it was you know we were you all were over the phone you were, we were yes we were pursuing people we were engaging people with live chat we were doing all kinds of ways to get in front of people made a bunch of sales lost a bunch of opportunities because we had no track we were tracking all in a google doc it's crazy and then you know two weeks later there was a line at the door and then wow. we started doing more and more we started doing launches every week we started doing events and launches and pretty soon we're getting technology and software and team and systems and structure and now here we are seven and a half years later you know hundreds of launches and events later hundreds of millions of dollars worth of sales later and now we've got a good thing going you know and then Absolutely. people we use that as the on-ramp so people come to us to help them scale their company with sales teams and with sales events and um you know, and it's not that we're spectacular at it. We just figured things out and we just keep taking action. So I have a quote here that I wrote about part of, I think your, it might be your um, uh, boot camp. I'm not sure, but make more sales without getting better at sales, have more people show up. That's one of the things I wrote down that you, your company does teaches yeah. people to do. Yeah. So yeah. Like my, my podcast is the make more sales podcast. And part of the mission of the podcast is we're here to show people that you can make more sales without getting better at selling. Cause the reality is almost everybody listening to this, you want more sales, but you don't want to have to get better at selling. And the reality is you're probably not going to most of really? you are busy. You're trying to do what you got to do. You're trying to serve people. You're trying to build a mission and a vision and you're not trying to get better at sales. Who is, who's got time for that? The only reason I do is because my that's my company does. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it either, right? Well, but you, you have okay. So I kind of feel as though um, there's two kinds of people in our in the entrepreneur world. There's those that know they have to ask, right? Or they're not gonna right. So they have to ask right. for the sale. And there's those that you know schmooze everybody, but they never really ask for the sale. And then it's goodbye right. and they're gone. Right. But the, the difference is what I'm what I'm getting at is you what I'm trying to emphasize and that the, the, the anchor that I'm holding down is that yeah. you can make more sales without trying to become a sales expert. You want to make more sales. Yes. But if you want to spend all of your days and nights trying to perfect sales, I do. We got hundreds of salespeople in our in our world. That's why you're saying most, that pe most people aren't any good at it. Even most salespeople aren't any freaking good at it. They're just, yeah. it's hit or miss, it's luck of the hour. It's, there's very, very few people that are actually really good at sales. And if you're gonna spend your time trying to perfect sales, 
Yeah. Um, at the cost of doing all the things that you need to do in your business. And what we're trying to say is there's a number of ways that you can make sales without that, right? Instead of mastering the tactics of sales conversations, right? Like number one, if you just become really good at telling the truth, you will, <laughs> you will increase conversions in madly. Guarantee you pick up 10% conversions right off the bat. Because by, by telling the truth means like telling people, telling them stuff that's hard. Telling somebody, you know what, you're out of mind. You can't, you'll never accomplish that unless you solve this problem. Or what do you mean you're doing that? Why on earth would you allow this situation to occur when you have a family to take care of? How can you allow this? Why haven't you taken the responsibility to solve this problem? And you do it with love and with yeah. grace, intention, but the truth, because when they're coming to you as the expert, you're probably the only person who's gonna tell them the truth. And if you don't do it, they lose. Right. But when you do that, then you're holding up a mirror to them that they have to actually deal with. And then now they you, people make more powerful decisions when they actually have the truth in process. Right. That's just one of the many things. We have a lot of moves that we put in place to help people make more sales that way. It's like, you know, when you gain better positioning, when you're crystal clear about what you do, who you do it for, where you do it, and how you serve, mm -hmm. everybody knows how to find you. Those people show up wanting you to solve their problem. So you're not having to convince them to buy anything. You're just here to show them the solution that's at hand and then hold them accountable to taking action towards it, right? Again, all of this stuff goes against having to be a master of sales. Part of the reason that I make the sales the way that I do, I have worked my ass off my whole life to make sure I have impeccable positioning because I don't want to be one-to-one -one with somebody trying to prove myself to them. I want to have the positioning so that when they show up, they understand. I'm all, they already know I'm the expert. Now I just have to make sure that I don't shoot myself in the foot and move them clearly towards what's a great op opportunity and a solution for them. But I, they, I have to, I don't, I get to lose the proving part because they already show up in my world with the understanding that I have positioning as an expert because my credibility is not they've a stake. You. They've come to you. Exactly. Right. right. All of these things we have, again, there's a number of them. And so that people understand you don't, if you can work your tail off to master the tactics of selling and the, the technique, or you can work your tail off to set yourself up in a way that people show up wanting to buy. It both requires work, but one is a lot more fun, a lot more profitable, a lot more rewarding. Okay, so um, I'm assuming that's coming to a uh, a large event. That's one of them. Absolutely. Okay. And okay. events, events we don't we don't we, we we the term we use is events, but the events are defined as an educational experience that leads to an enrollment opportunity. A webinar is an event. A one-day workshop is an event. A launch, a challenge, you name it, right? It doesn't mean a conference, right? right? When you have an event, you are delivering quality content informational that is moving people on a journey towards what the next logical step in the sequence would be, which would be buying, registering, doing something right. in the world, right? And so, that, and then again, that leads to the, the more, the better you can tell that story, right? You tell a better story, you get a better client and events are storytelling mechanisms. You can tell a, web, a webinar that you can dump a bunch of content on and not change anybody's life, or you can move people towards understanding you have everything it takes and what you do matters and people are waiting for you. And if you can learn to get in front of the right people and deliver the right message, you can bring this home every single day. Right. And all of a sudden they're going, yeah, that's the story I want. I want that. Tell me how to get that. Right. And then they bring other people because they refer yeah. you because they had a positive experience all day long. 
right? Yeah. And partnerships is another one of our core moves to make more sales without getting better at selling. The better partnerships you have, the more quality partnerships you have, then people want to promote you, want to share you with their world. That's not the same thing as a JV swap. That's somebody going, I believe in you. I believe in what you're doing and you can help my people. And our definition of partnerships is amazing people working together to solve problems for the people they care about, right? That's what partnerships are. And when you're doing that, again, you're endorsed, you're highlighted, stamp, seal of approval, you're pre-sold, you don't have to sell. Yeah, that's brilliant. It's brilliant. Um, so in the sales process, whether you're doing it um, or whether, you know, I'm doing it, the biggest piece that I think where everything falls apart is in that follow up, oh, follow up, yeah. right? Because you don't always sell people immediately. Right. So, so what's your take on follow up? Well, my take on follow up is if you're not doing it, you're losing and you won't be in business long. Um, most people spend all 90% of their resources trying to maximize what happens in the first 30 days. And the 10%, if they're lucky on what happens after that, instead of recognizing that three to 7% of your sales happen in the first right. 90 days, in the first, all the rest of you, 93% of your sales happen after that. So why on earth would you spend 10% of your time trying to maximize where 90% of your sales should happen? Right. Mm -hmm. So we have all kinds of follow-up systems and strategies and my, you have to first have a philosophy around it in my perspective. And our philosophy is you follow up until they buy or die. Right. <laughs> if somebody came into my world, it's because they have a problem yes. that they believe I could solve. Whether they, whether they decided they wanted it solved today or not is a different issue, but they came mm -hmm. here. I want to continue following up with them until they prove they no longer need to be here. Right. So saying no usually means not now. Always. That's yeah. my perspective. Yeah, I don't believe I don't believe anybody says no. And here's the reason why um, I came on this when I had my alarm company, because we used to go through neighborhoods and knocking on doors and we usually went to high crime areas. Right. And it's, we would operate off of crime reports and then we would go door knocking and canvassing. And it's amazing what would happen when you knock on people's door and, and you're here to tell them, hey, yeah, there's been a crime wave. There was five break ins here last week, blah, blah, blah. They will immediately go into defensive mode. They want yes. to say, no, no, no. The neighborhood's been getting better. We're on an upswing because they don't want to own that. But when you show up and go, oh, man, things are getting better around here. We know that they're like, no, no, no. These guys are drug dealers. Those over here. Right. But the, the, the thing is, when you talk to somebody who's like, no, I'm good and I'll never need it because you know how it is door knocking. Nobody. It, it takes a certain kind of person because you get door slammed in your face and you have all kinds of F-bombs and everything else. So, when, <laughs> excuse me, when people tell you, I don't want this here. I never want you to come here. I don't want anything. Else. I'm never going to need this. That's great today. But you know what happens when your neighbor across the street gets broken into? All of a sudden, your time and station in life changes. Now, all of a sudden, you unpredictably now need it. And every single service on the planet works that way. So just because somebody doesn't want this today, they have absolutely no way of knowing if they're going to want it tomorrow. Because when and their life changes. In touch so that it's not someone else who gets to take advantage of it. Correct. And here's the two things. Write this down. It's not about just staying in touch. It's about staying relevant and valuable over time. So you don't want to just keep following up saying, hey, uh, are you ready yet? Are you ready yet? Yeah. Hey, have you thought about it yet? It's what kind of value and relevance can you maintain in their world so that they have a reason to keep opening your emails, keep listening to your voicemails, keep opening the door for you. And they could say, no, not today, but I really appreciate the value you're bringing. I appreciate how much you care about me. Then when the time comes, when they are ready, you're the person they're going to call because you've stayed present, you stayed top of mind, and you stayed relevant and valuable. Mm -hmm. That's so 
because you don't want to be that person that's going you know like that cartoon i can't remember what it is um it's one of them on tv but that the scene where the kid like mom 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 um mom 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 mommy mom 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 and she's like what and he's like hi right little kid but in too many times we don't follow up because we feel like that little kid yeah. we don't want to feel like that little kid so our solution is instead of getting better at it we just don't do it well we don't want the rejection right we don't yeah. want that that feeling that it, that it gives us that's right and so we have to get um immune to that or stop barking up the wrong tree though too there's some of that i think certainly sometimes. certainly yeah. uh but I'll, I'll give less credence to that these days what we have learned is just that um usually if we take personal ownership of the process then that means like if, if I show up on a call and you and I are on a call and I, you show up to, to potentially buy something for me because you got a problem that you need solved. And at the end of our conversation, you're not excited, you're not interested, you're really not committed to solving your problem. I can I have two different options. I can go, well, Janice wasn't committed, so I couldn't sell her. Or I can go, what was missing in me that I couldn't get her to see the importance of this? Mm -hmm. Right? Because then it's more, it's about me. And if it's about me in that process, that means I can solve it. But if I put it all on you, then I can't do anything to solve it. Now it's just because you weren't committed. And it's like the reality is no, you just weren't good enough at helping her see what she needed to be committed about. Yeah, right? that's that's so true. Um, but I'm thinking now about, um, I know you're familiar with um, one of my affiliate businesses send out cards. Yeah. And the, um, the message that I've always learned through send out cards is to um, show appreciation, send out kindness, send out to give, don't send out to get, okay? Yeah. And so, um, and it's a great tool for people in sales, right? For follow-up to be something, you know, different from the email, the text, the phone call. So it's another piece sure. that they can add in their follow-up process. However, one of the things I've, I've experienced with a fair number of salespeople in the, I'm not gonna say what industry, but I'm sure you can guess, but it's, they, feel that it's all about them and that they need to be front and center on the cards and you know yeah. this is what i can write. how do you teach can you teach people not to be like that <laughs> if they want results yes um i don't know if this is just audio or if it's gonna be on video but i'm showing at the very least i'm showing janice so um somebody this is a a really nice leather um binder folder that came from a one of our partners with a really nice mug with a beautiful wrap around it and, and nothing on the stuff they sent us. Oh, they also sent me a really nice cross pen. This was all part of a set and very nice, very thoughtful and carved out. And, and your branding on it. And your brand. Exactly. And you know what? I take it everywhere and I use it all the time. And I tell his story all the time. Whereas he could have sent me all the same stuff with his logo on it, yes. which would be nice, but I could care too less. Too, I couldn't care less about it because it's about him right that's that's the benefit you want to send stuff that makes people appreciate you but think about them you don't want to send stuff that's that re, you don't want to have billboards in their office yes exactly you know, and i, I find that's a really tough yeah. call sometimes um and so i one hand i say those aren't my people and on the other hand i i'm trying to change them yeah so i yeah. don't know which is you know which makes more sense yeah it's 
most of it is just as an education and an informing because most people just they're just misinformed they don't know what they don't know it doesn't make sense they think they're supposed to buy all their own buy pens with my name on it and send it to you and that's great but when that pen is done i'm tossing it yeah. but this pen i'm keeping it and i'll find another ink thing for it because this is about me <laughs> right yeah no totally of course um yesterday i received a wonderful little um video from someone who had been on my podcast last year and uh she was lovely and i'd sent her um something this video i hadn't she sends me emails all the time but it, she sent me this video hey janice how are you i'm just drinking out of my wonderful mug that makes me think of you every single time and i just wanted to say hi now she was pitching something at the end uh, but i don't care because it was really warm and fuzzy and um different right. and made me yeah and that's what people have to do so um you're, another you're, quote I have. go, ahead, go sorry. ahead no go ahead i was just say it's you know really what you want to be thinking about is what you're doing in their world is you're providing a shift you're providing a different story to unfold and the more you can be in their world delivering value being relevant you're literally helping to set the narrative for the story that they're telling so you want to think about it. every touch point is mm -hmm. another anchor another pillar of the story and that's why we do events, right? Because an event, I can have a captive audience, whether it's for one day, three days, half a day, where we can tell a better story and you're, you're in a, an immersive environment where the story can change. And when you do that, people are aligned to that thought process. You're winning them over to your way of thinking. And then if they want more of that thinking, they need to come to you. So you're building a, a, a reliance and dependence on your information, your way of thinking. And then you start, that's what creates tribe. That's what creates a movement. That's what starts making things happen. Right. And that's, right. that's, that's when sales gets easy because you're doing all of that work on the journey. So when they show up now, it's just, let's just talk about the match and the fit and is now the time and can you afford it? Right. Right. That's awesome. And the, the last quote I saw here that I wrote down, if you can sell, you can survive and you can thrive. You cannot just survive. You can thrive. And that's been the story of your life. I think really that, um, that you've turned into a very successful career. And I, I, uh, commend you for that. Um, I, I think I'd like to ask you as we wrap up here, um, what, first of all, your event so how could people start taking a look at how you can help them what's the first step yeah um well first we ha i have a gift that we want to give everybody because oh, we are we're in a new stage of the world you know and everybody's gone online the whole world is on now and we want to make sure that people have some sort of some clarity around what kind of online events you can do to generate revenue so we have a resource called 29 profitable online event ideas and these are all ways that we have implemented for us or for our clients to help generate revenue and so that will be in the show notes there and it's the yes. 29 profitable online events um but it'll also you know there's there's we've got some videos and some training and some stuff that follow that so please engage it because we're here to deliver value for you but our, our objective is to get you to help you win you over to the to think to understanding that you need to be doing events of some kind in your business you got to start thinking one to many you got to start thinking leverage and scale help this is the this is the shift that we are trying to implement for everybody it takes just as much time, effort, energy, and resources to earn $10,000 as it does to earn 100,000. So start leveraging yourself differently now, right? There's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with, um, with, with prospecting for clients, 
unless it comes at the expense of prospecting for partners. You want to be working with partners and you want to be doing events. And there's no reason for you to be doing a bunch of one-on-one -on -one simple step work anymore because it's not going to get you where you're going to go. And every single time you do, you're missing the opportunity to leverage and scale yourself effectively and simply in ways that is so much more simple to do than it was 20 years ago. You know, um, it, everything is at your fingertips, the resources, the support, the technology. So you need to be looking for it and thinking about it because it's a game changer. That's the stuff, you know, events, most people think events are for the big people. Mm -hmm. You've seen events are what makes big people, right? So dive in, start getting yourself positioned, start see, seeing the compound effect of exponentially growing yourself and leveraging and scaling the opportunity. And you will see the game change for you right away. That's great advice. And I think a great place to wrap up and say thank you. I will definitely put this in the show notes. People will have a look at um, your free gift. They'll take a look at, uh, I'm excited about um, uh, moving forward and, and exploring more work with you because I think that you, you say it so easily and so well, and I know you've got, you've been through the school of hard knocks. And so you've, you've made all those mistakes and now you're just sharing the value of um, the good stuff with, with your audience because, um, because it's easy, like you said today. And I love that you work with your wife, by the way, that doesn't happen very often. Definitely. It's, it's been amazing. I, I'll say that it's actually been the greatest blessing to our marriage. Because before that, you know, we went through all the same stuff that a lot of people go through. But once we got in business together, it forced our communication to be on point. You know, you can't have a day where I'm not talking to you because uh, we're trying to run a multi-million dollar business together. You don't have the luxury of not talking to me. <laughs> we have to communicate, right? We have to solve problems. We have to lead effective. It's done wonders for our, for our marriage and our relationship. That's wonderful. I thank you so much for being here and for bringing your knowledge and your expertise to my audience. So much appreciate it. Um, encourage my audience to check out Jim's um, information. I will put it in the show notes, as I said. And, um, and remember, if you like what you heard, leave us a review, let us know. And remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.